shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for Thank you, Father, for...
for the anointing which you have given oh lord for inward walkings thank you father for strength by your spirit by your anointing that you have released thank you for your spirit of prophecy which you have even released even in this moment to prophesy into our life to to give life to make known your will thank you our father jesus we thank you we give you all the praise we give you all the praise thank you jesus thank you our father thank you we worship you thank you father we do not take you for granted we do not take your spirit for granted we know that we are insufficient of ourselves not we can't we can't conjure these things yeah. it's only you and by your mercy that you are bringing us into your spirit you are bringing us into your world to even partake even of your joy of your love thank you father thank you jesus we give you all the praise oh father we thank you thank you father beautiful time in his presence we thank God for his spirit we thank God for mercy thank you Jesus amen, amen. praise the Lord hallelujah amen thank God for okay we thank God for grace can you just take a moment to say hi to your neighbor how you doing it's good to see you <laughs> good to see your faces amen I hope we are happy to see each other this morning I'm very excited and uh, I'm trusting God for a beautiful time in his presence. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, I think it's better now. I think it was a bit loud before, but uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for today. And I welcome each and everyone here. I welcome uh, I welcome our uh, Jasper Light. I welcome Olive. Let's welcome the little kids in our midst day. And the little kids to come. Um, 
I want to appreciate each and everyone for being here this morning for us to partake of the word. Um, you're welcome. And uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you for the prayers and the worship. Uh, it was a beautiful worship. We thank God for mercy this morning, for the grace released for, for worship. I say thank you. Thank you, Brother Kelvin. Thank you, uh, Brother Stephen, for helping with the sound. And thank you, my darling, beloved wife, for helping us with uh, worship. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, so we're going to go into the word this morning. And I just still believe that um, we should still go into Isaiah 11. I believe there might still be some things for us in that area. Um, maybe today the Lord will allow us to, you know, find mercy to... You know what, let me just say I surrender, however they, they take us. Amen. Amen. You know, we propose God to, is it this, is it man propose God to have it? What's that, what's that saying? God dispose of it, okay. But in this one, we can't even propose anything because <laughs> we don't even know anything there, so we just go as it is. Amen. They've removed the strength to propose, uh, to propose. No proposal. You can't even propose anything. You just, just have to receive instruction. Just follow. Amen. Um, I'm not too sure what we're going to talk about, but let's just start and we're going to the word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Elmaya, Sire, help me, help me. Hi, Tophia, I see. Fifi, Sophie, I see. I see. Ah, Ophisi, I see. Sophie, see. Ah, see. Sophie, see. 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 Oh, oh, see. 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 Oh, see, so see, so see, 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 so, so see, 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 see. Hamihati hai fi, hai sufi, hai sofi. So see, so see, see, my heart see, 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 sire, machine. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, have to be a bit patient. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Five being my heart, 
you will give to us. Father, help me. I confess that I am weak and frail. I have no strength of myself. I ask, Father, that you would show mercy on this little, this little dust, or this little man, this little that you have created. I ask that you will help my vessel to be of service to you this morning. Help me. Help me. Father, we don't have wisdom. I don't have the wisdom of your ways. I ask, Father, that mercy to find a way you will release this morning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I welcome everyone once again. And uh, uh, thank God for his mercy and how he accepted us. I believe on, uh, on Tuesday the Lord uh, speak expressly to us. And I think part of what the Lord was saying to us is there's that aspect of prioritizing his things. You know, English sometimes can hook. Amen. So, and, and I think that's also part of the fear. I don't you know this, you know, that you know, thing concerning fear. You know, what the Lord has been saying. Uh, you know, it's part of reverence and love. You know, that fear is love, really, right? So that love for God is what makes us to prioritize Him in our life, in what we do, in our, uh, in our frame and posture as a person. It is, uh, it is the love for him that will help us to prioritize him. Amen. Um, so the Lord has been talking to us from the book of Isaiah 11, even though we just read it and go, but that's, <laughs> that's where the Lord has been speaking to us. So we just go there and I believe the Spirit of the Lord is still upon the waters there. So let's see what the Lord has for us. Amen. Amen. And say, and there shall come forth a rod, that's Isaiah 11 verse 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and mind, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Amen. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. 
and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Amen. Amen. Say, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his rings. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones. And the, sorry, shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp and the wind child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall, they shall not ought nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers, excuse me, cover the sea. Amen. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To each shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, they are talking about Jesus here, right? Of course, this prophecy is about Jesus. And there are things that they began to say concerning the person of Jesus Christ. Um, prophesy of who he is and who he is to become and what he shall do, right? And before they started telling us all that, they put emphasis on something quite important there and the emphasis happens to be the the, the is, is is something that it will carry right and that emphasis is about the spirit that is upon him amen so in verse 1 they talk about his root okay there shall be a root okay they start talking about Jesus right and then they said, verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Right? So the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So, now fast forward to all, after mentioning all the Spirit, and I began to tell us what he's going to do with that. Right? So they began to tell us that, um, in verse 3, And shall make him of quick understanding the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Right? So he will not judge with his sight, nor reprove with his ear. Right? The hearing of his ear. Of course, they are not taught. So they, there is, if you look at this scripture, there is a similarity. This, this scripture is talking about two things. Amen? First, uh, when they say, shall not judge after the sight of his ears, sorry, after the, after the sight of his eyes, right? So there is the sight of his eyes that he shall not judge with the sight of his eyes. Now, of course, they are putting the reference to his sight, right? And something is uh, clear that sight spiritually is not just what I we see naturally, 
Right. In short, the way we see naturally is is not the true way men see, but it copies the same mechanism. I'll put it that way. Amen? And the eyes, we have natural eyes and we have spiritual eyes. Right? And they are saying that Jesus shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. So, there's a comparison here between how Jesus was judging. So not with his, it's not with, he shall not judge with the sight of his eyes. Right? But he will judge with the sight of his eyes. Right? Because they are talking about there's a comparison between the way natural men judge and the way a spiritual man will judge. So, but if if we don't know the soul, we may, not, we may never see that here. Or we just say, we will not judge with the side of his eyes, right? And then we'll go. But what does that mean? It means that in, for, for, for judgment, right? There's a, there's a kind of sight needed for judgment. Right? There's a kind of sight needed for, to judge things. When I say judgment now, I feel like I need to explain what judgment is because, <laughs> because we, have different, we have different spectrum of you know, listeners and people that might listen to it again and, um, you know, so there is the, okay, let me put it this way. Ah, what I'm seeing. So when you say judgment, right? Judgment is all that comes together. Right? All that comes together for decision to be made. Right? Ah, okay, okay. That's that's judgment in a way, but I'm also seeing judgment as a way of seeing. You can't judge any differently than you are seeing, right? So, judgment, judgment has to do. When it comes to so when I say judgment here, we're not we can cop, we can copy the uh, what's it called? We can copy the the legal. Thank you. We can copy the legal system. Not copy. We can look at it, right? So the legal system, what they are, what they are set for is to pass judgment, right? And in order for them to pass judgment, they need to see things from different angles. So make sure that they have, they don't just listen to, when we have a court case and judgment is to be passed, you always have a case. 
in that case, you have the accused and you have those that are prosecuting. So you have the prosecuting and then you have the, what's the other one? You have the defense. Okay. For to arrive at a judgment on a matter. Right? So the, the legal system, what they set up, right, are eyes, sight, to help them see cases or issues clearer so they can pass righteous judgment. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so for those that are online, don't worry about the laughter, okay? Just, just something that was funny here. Amen. 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 So um, the, court of, uh, the court of law is we can look, the legal system. You can look at it like that, right? Um, and when they are trying to make a case or a judgment, they want to make sure that they interpret the law accurately. So meaning that they want to make sure that the spirit of the law is in place by the time that they are making a judgment. So there are laws, things said. So the reason why they call oh yeah, defense, uh, prosecute, prosecutor, come together. Let's, okay, what's going on? They all talk. They want to make sure that by the time they arrive at judgment, they, they have the spirit of the law to make the judgment. Why? Because they could have easily made judgment. Oh, you did this. Okay, yeah. Go to 10 years in prison. We know that it is 10 years in prison that is set for the law, but they need to arrive at, okay, is he guilty or not? In order to know whether he's guilty or not, they need, to, they need the spirit of the law to interpret. So, that's, so what the defense and the pros, prosecuting team are doing, they are trying to make sure that the spirit of the law is seen, right? <laughs> So that's what that's what they do. They are interpret. So they are. Let me put it this way: they are, those spirits are eyes. So to make sure that the judge have the right sight to judge. So without the without the spirit of the law, or the the judge can't make they can't they can't arrive at a conc- at a righteous conclusion. So that by the time they say, young man, you are going to 10 years in prison, they don't feel guilty that they've sent somebody to prison without cause. You don't, no, it's, a, it's a serious, no, to be a judge is a serious responsibility. Right? Because you can, you, can, you, can, you can put somebody in, in prison forever and, and they are innocent. And you know that kind of a thing, you might... You might you, a judge, may, a judge must never even want to be in that kind of a situation. So, in order to relieve them of the, let's give them sight. All right. What are the sight? The spirit of the law. How? So they, they have both the arguing, the defense, and the prosecuting, right? To argue plead their case, bring light into the situation, have witnesses come, let them talk. Okay, 
Okay, what's your give your give us your account of the situation? Okay, this is your account. You give us your account. They bring different people giving different accounts. All those things happen so that they arrive at the righteous judgment, so that they don't <laughs> see all these things. They are happening in a believer. You need you have you need counsel. You need. Uh, Accounts, different accounts of things, right? To be able to arrive at the righteous judgment. And not righteous judgment, okay, you're about to make a decision about something or anything, right? Because when you talk about judgment, it's mostly about at the point of where a soul is about to do something. Okay, I want to get a car. Is it the right thing? Okay, I want to change my job. Is it the right thing to do? Oh, I want to change my course. Is it the right thing to do? Right? I want to stop school. Is it the right thing to do? If a soul makes such a, such a thing without the spirit of... Ah! Without the spirit of God or the spirit of the Lord making such a judgment... It is clear you are not going to make the right decision. You can't. It's not possible. You won't arrive at the right decision because there's a whole lot of investment. You know, say so you have the spirit, but not just the spirit alone, right? You now have the things the spirit will have to say. You know, like just if, if we look at the the hey. Okay, I know there's, I, I, there's, there's a background I'm omitting. As I'm talking, there's a background I'm omitting. I, I'm, the intention is that I will arrive there, but maybe I, I should. Okay, because I don't want to miss the thought, because if I miss the thought, I mean, I may never arrive there again. <laughs> so I just say, let me say it again. Maybe I'll later, that try and explain and stuff like that. Right? But so, like I was saying, that like those lawyers, like the, you can call them spirit or the sight of the judge. The judge have their own side too, but you have the lawyers arguing, so they are sides. But I'm giving this explanation so that when we arrive at Jesus, we know it will be clear, right? So you have those lawyers arguing. So you, as, is, as a believer too, you need spirit, the spirit of the Lord, to arrive at judgment, right? So judgment is... Judgment, or let me not say the right judgment. Judgment generally is judgment is the way of living for souls, because souls live by judging. Like I was saying, will I go to school? Okay, should I start a job? Okay, should I start a business? All those. Okay, I mean, we human beings, we are a being of decision. Every single day, we're about to make a decision. Should I slap my neighbor? <laughs> my, my friend offended me. Should I just cut them off? Okay, somebody spoke to me in a way I didn't like. Should I just stop talking to them? The decision, I will do it. Okay, I'm about, okay there's, a, there's a job coming to me. Should I take this job? There are... There are 
there are sites needed for all that. Or there, we need to make the right call, the right decision, or the right judgment. The soul needs help. And the help it needs is the help of the spirit. Right? Because there's a way men would judge. Natural men. There's a way they judge. There's a way God judges. God does not judge by using natural faculty. Right? When God is making a decision, he does not use natural faculty because he doesn't have anything natural. Well, well, everything about him is natural to him, right? But God is not natural. God is super. God is spirit. Let me just put it that way. God is spirit. So God does not make decisions like men. There's a way God judges. And the truth of the matter is that men don't have that sight. They don't. And it is, and no matter how smart a soul is, no matter how, how wise they might be in their own sight, no matter how put together, like, just no matter how everything seems to be, okay, maybe you do A and B, you put it together and it works, and you know, it makes sense, it makes sense, you know. And just do something that makes sense. But what about when the Spirit tells you to do something that doesn't make sense to men? Like, don't take that job. Right? Or take that job. And the job they are telling you is when men look at this job, like, I know now, not this kind of job now. Or the one they are telling you not to take, maybe it's the one that now looks promising. And then you have a feeling, no, I should not take this job. Right? What are the, what are the tools that the soul used to do that? Those tools are the spirits. Of God, right? They are the spirits. And then we began to see here that Jesus was full of spirit. So he was full of. We're reading in Luke chapter 2, right? Jesus worked strong in spirit, right? He worked strong in the spirit. Please, is there, is there a passage, I'll just clarify this thought. Is there a passage that said that Jesus was filled with Holy Ghost in the mother's womb? It was John that, that it was John Abbey. Okay. So John said, Jesus, was Jesus filled with Holy Ghost in his mother's womb? I don't think so. It was different. Because it's super, we might think that... But the scripture, I didn't see in scripture where even, even when he was growing, you know, when he, when they had, when he was born and they want to kill him, yeah, they had to run. Right? If he was filled with Holy Ghost, he can, as a baby, you just say, and the Holy Ghost will understand. They, this will happen. You know what I'm saying? But the scripture didn't tell us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb, but we know that John was. But that doesn't mean that John is any better than Jesus. Right? He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his, because it's almost like he was being anointed for the kind of work he was going to do. He's different from Jesus. God just set his own order like that. Because he's also like an Adam. Like, like they said. He's also like an Adam. said, 
uh, of all men born of none is arisen like unto John. And the truth of the matter is that men don't arise. In, that, in those times, men don't arise. There's, they don't have the, the wisdom of arising. They don't have the wisdom of arising, of, of developing upward. Because that's arising is an upward development. Men don't have that kind of growing. They don't. We don't. It's, it's, it's one special soul that God raised. Right? He was able to, that's why it says, of none is of all the prophets, not is not born of woman, none is as arisen hen of, of men of, of all men. I, I, can we read it? Um, Prophet, I don't know why my head is. <laughs> can we read that passage? Is uh, Matthew 11 now. Okay. So it says that Verily, verily, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there art not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Amen. Is there, is, there, is there another word that talk about him being the of all prophets? Okay, why is that thought coming on? Maybe. Just, just a thought I have about... Because jo John is also a prophet. Right? He's also a prophet. And you have prophets before him. But, but now they just say that of all men, right? Among them that are born of women. Among them. That are born of women. Luke 7. Mm -hmm. What does he say? There's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. So they are talking about, they're also referring to prophets, right? Um, maybe that's not needed, but let, let's look at the, of all them that are born of women, right? Because again, I think that prophet, they were comparing, comparing John with other prophets too, right? Um, because Jesus is also a prophet in a way, right? So John, a prophet, none is as easy like John. See how all those guys, Habakkuk, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all of them, as great as they are, none of them grew up the way John grew. Because John, by mercy, found a way to, to develop upwardly. I, I believe those, those prophets, to some measure, they, they might have found some level of upward development, but maybe not as John. Because they said not none is as say greater, right? Says none is risen. There has not risen a greater than John, meaning that John is the greatest of them all. 
So if they are great, John is greater. Right? I'm just saying, I mean, there might, there might have been some upward development for the prophet, but the, the one we're seeing clearly here is John. So none is as reason. So there's, there's something called upward development. And the upward development is the right way every believer should develop. If a, if a believer is developing and is not developing into the heavens, something is wrong with the development. Or let me put this way, that development, whatever development that soul has, can never, ever beat the natural. Can never, ever beat the world. That soul can never escape it. It can't escape the world. It's impossible for such a soul to escape the world because the world is a world of lateral, is it lateral? The world is a world of flat men, men that don't think about going up, men that don't think about, about moving up in the things of God like we should, Right? No, we've we've commonized spiritual things so yeah. we've commonized now like believers now we are now we are now we are not different from the world mm-hmm. we are now businessmen yeah. and corporate corporate bodies that's what we are now because of lack of development mm-hmm. and the thing is if we don't see the way to develop we won't develop that way it won't. And I believe that's part of the reason the Lord is making an emphasis on, on a soul becoming heavenly. Why? Because there's nothing for, the truth of the matter is that there's nothing for you and I here. Honestly, there's nothing. Have you ever, is it, how I know there's nothing is this. What's the best thing that could ever happen to somebody here? You get money. You have lots of money. Okay. okay. Let's not say we have lots now. Let's just say we have sums. Maybe a, a quick sum. Just, just enter. What's the highest that's what can be happy for? It's as happy as the, as the, as the, as the moment you spend one naira. Not even dollar. You know that one naira is cent in dollar. The moment you spend a single cent of that money, the joy that was there before that money, that, the moment I received it, has gone. Yes, sir. Do you know the next sorrow? How will this thing will not deplete to zero? Yes, and then you see, let's get more. So the idea of getting more, men think they are the one that crafted it. It's, no, it's like, have you ever said, hey, you know cat? When you turn on light, tiny light, you will try and hold it, just move it a bit further. You see, it will go further and try to hold it again. Then you move it. You try and hold it again. Then move it. It will try and hold it again, right? That is that is that is the kind of play we play with all those kind of things, right? So when souls are saying, "Let me just make some more money," I'll give myself to God. You are deceiving yourself. If you don't give him time now, you won't give him time then. Yes, sir. 
Because like there's there's somebody controlling that light. The the target, that target you're having, who do you think is giving it to you? Spirits. Okay, ten thousand. Ah, let me let me save up to ten. Okay, after ten. Okay, let me get to twenty. Ah, maybe I'll be better. Then get when you get to twenty thousand, yeah, you start having problems that people that have twenty thousand have. And the problem that people that have that have always require more. <laughs> so when you now get the more, you will solve the problem of twenty thousand. Maybe you now move to thirty. Now you now begin to have the problem of people that have thirty thousand have. Meaning that every level there will always be a need to get more. So it's a never-ending route that a soul will keep going to, keep going through. So that. That idea of I will give God my time, I would, uh, or is because I have to make money. Then let God think. Suffer. Okay, I have I have to make money. Like go to work, right? I have to take care of kids. I have to pay bills. Um, I have to make sure my family is okay. Do you know that those are the kind of problems that don't end? Right from the day you marry. Till the day you die, you will always feel a need to take care of your family. Kids, everything, okay, make, and, and always make more money. That was not, so don't even think there's a fantasy or maybe a perfect or everything. Don't, don't see, all those things fantasy. Okay, even if you have money, right? If you have money, you think that will solve the problem. No, another problem is just beginning. So all those, I'm not saying, I'm not saying to discourage us from making money or anything like that. I'm just saying that if you're going to save God, just make up your mind now. Yeah. There's no point wasting time and waiting till that time. That time you are thinking will never come. If a soul is ready or wants to just, let's just, okay, we're ready for God. Let's just begin now. Let's not wait for tomorrow. And the same thing should follow when it comes to growing up spiritually. If, if there's something that needs to change, let it change now, not tomorrow. I'm not saying that thing will disappear right away. Oh. But the attitude, the heart towards it is, ah, this thing, now, let me deal with it now. Yes, Not, you know, there's a, there's, we can have an attitude of, okay, I'll deal with this thing tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. uh, it's because I'm weak now, okay. There, maybe there's one supernatural vision and power and anointing that will come and will deliver me from this thing. Let me pray and wait for that one. Maybe that one will come in the next one year. That's our problem still. Right? So the summary is, when it comes to serving God, there's a there's a post your heart should have. It's not thinking you have tomorrow to serve God. Can you serve him today? Can you serve him now? That's, that's what matters. If the heart is positioned that way, you see that a lot of decisions will be a lot easier. Judgments will be a lot easier. Amen. So, okay, I was talking about not as a reason, the right development, so I'll just... I, okay, I just, I just, I just join it here. But the summary I was quickly going to say is like this. They said Luke, um, um, John, right? Not as risen, as risen as him, right? And they told us here in Mark eleven, say, but the least in the kingdom is greater than John. No one we read. I, no, I read this scripture a long time ago. I have no, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how we used to interpret it. It's like I don't interpret. It's like I leave it. I just go. We see there as a former brother, not as a job, but the, but we just focus on the least in the kingdom. It's greater than John. Ah, the entire kingdom of God. 
How did we even divide it that time? It seems that if you're born again, you're a British agent because John was not born again. I don't, I don't, I don't know how we're dividing it. Because clearly it's not about being born again. It's not that John is not born again, now we are born again, right? There's a clear separation. Of course, to get to where you'll be least, you have to be born again. We don't understand that one. So that's not a, I'm not disputing that fact. You have to be born again. You know this thing I say sometimes? Uh, when I quickly say it, you know, hard, I quickly think, ah, what do you mean? No, 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 please. If you don't understand, just ask me the question. But what I'm trying to say, I'm talking from just comparing things, right? I'm not saying that, you know, you don't need to be born again. No, you need to be born again now. Clearly, you have to be born again. Unless you are born again, you can't, you can't arise. Right? You can't develop the way Jesus developed. Because you won't have what it takes to develop that way. I believe part of the reason, that's partly part of the reason why John had to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Because to develop that way, he needed a lot of spirit. To arise, you need spirit. You need Holy Ghost. You need his help. To arise, you need a lot of Holy Ghost. You need to be ghosted. If you are not ghosted, forget... You know, part of the reason, like I was saying the last time, I think part of the reason why we, receive, we have the Holy Ghost, right, is for upward development. Right? <laughs> so if John was filled, and he, that, that can explain why he's able to arise greater than other prophet or than anyone born of woman, born of a woman, right? Because he had the help needed to develop upward in a way. So even in his development, right, John couldn't still enter the kingdom. But he was not a he was not sent to hell. It's not John is not in, clearly is not in hell. Right? So and this was, I think this probably explains what I was saying. I think last Saturday, right, concerning a believer that a believer can be a believer and yet be in hell, right? <laughs> because if you are born again but don't arise like John, <laughs> where you are arising from is hell, right? Where a soul arises from is hell. Also, before they are born again, are hellish because of the kind of life and nature inside. Amen. Amen. Right? And when I say are hellish now, I think I explained it last Saturday, right? So I don't need to be explaining it again. And if somebody's listening to the first time, they just need to maybe listen to last week's message and then maybe some explanations there. So we had a lot of background in that area. So the Lord helped us a lot. And, uh, you know, this area of arising, coming out of hell, out of the grave, all those things, those are activities of things that happen to believers when we get born again. There are things that should be happening. There are things that believers should be learning when they get born again. It's not chasing money. And here's a very, and here's, see, thank you, Jesus. And here's something awesome. If you are a believer, you've never had any upward developmental experience. Don't think you are okay. This is a time you should be craving such development. Because the true development is to arise. Forget what Satan has done to bastardize Christianity. Forget what Satan has done. You know, Satan has done all kinds of things to discredit Christianity. Right? By, you know, you have believers 
they are proclaimed to be believers and they do something and everybody start tagging people. Because I know, I, I don't know why would they do that. Do you understand that? To be a Christian, first of all, means that they are, they are faulty. You can't be a Christian if you think you're okay. That's the matter. You can't. So, the fact that somebody becomes a Christian, right, is the fact that, that they are saying that, see, I've agreed with my maker that I have problem, I have issues, but I'm submitting myself, and there's pets to that. Part of that is the Holy Ghost being given. Part of that is speaking in tongues. Part of that is joy. So when you see all of us, hey, happy, joy, the Holy, and okay, there's a right way to live all those things. It's not because they are perfect. It's because that's the right thing to do. Because now imagine, now, okay, let's even forget about that. They are weak. Imagine everybody on earth is like that. They actually get born again, even if they are still falling. Don't you think that there will be a huge difference from where the where the world is today? There'll be a huge difference. Because everybody will have conscience that will tell them, see, you're out of the way, oh, come back. But unbelievers, they hardly hear that voice. Say, say don't go there. And it's, it's a lot easier as an unbeliever to shut up God. No God still reaches unbelievers to try to reach out. I'll be hard to get them born again. But as an unbeliever, you can easily, easily, easily ignore God. But as a believer, uh, it will be difficult to ignore him. But you can, but it will be, you, you, it will be glaring. But an unbeliever, they don't even have any conscience. When they ignore God, they don't have any conscience to that. You know, the, the voice of God in the conscience of an unbeliever may not necessarily be the way God speaks to you. The voice of God in an unbeliever could just simply be the voice of God that was in Adam. Right? The voice of God in Adam that raised Adam, whereby some part of Adam's life still remaining, that life that Adam got from God, part of it is still remaining in men's conscience, whereby it had the ability to speak to unbelievers. Amen. Amen. We are warring a great war here, <laughs> a great warfare. But we will overcome. Amen. We shall overcome. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, there is, there is the voice of God that could be speaking to an unbeliever inside them. Maybe they're about to do something. Then that voice is like, is a rem, like a remnant from Adam. Just speak to them. Don't do that thing. But those things are easy to override. You just need to keep ignoring that voice and do what you are doing over time. That voice will die. It will take a supernatural uh, help by the Spirit. You know, like when Holy Ghost is doing evangelism. Right? You know, Holy Ghost can evangelize. Like I was saying last time, Holy Ghost can evangelize. Right? Or send an evangelist in a way to change the heart of that person to remember the things. You know, word, that's why preachers are powerful. You see, as evangelists, they can. They, 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 God has given them grace, tongue, to get the soul, to, to, to 
go more inwardly. See, don't, don't, because what Satan has been doing, we know that there's a lot of things yama yama inside we get. But Satan does not make men focus on the inside. Focus on the outward. Just all, if all you have been thinking, if a believer is still outward, you are still kind thinking word, inwardly. See, that thing has a lot of help. When you begin to think inwardly, you don't say that everything you are worrying about, things, all those things, it's just more about what is, what is, in, what is, what is your development inwardly. Okay. Okay, this thing is about, ah, okay, I shouldn't do this thing because it damages certain things. Ah, when I don't do this thing, then, ah, I inherit God's life. Does that, that simplifies all problems? Right? I mean, maybe not, but it simplifies a lot of things. Why? Because if we are worried, oh, I did that thing, oh, I did this thing, oh, did that one, calm down. Just, you are focused too much on the outward. Just look inward. See inward. Okay, what is the Lord saying to you? Now, I'm not talking about what your own is saying to you. I'm talking about what the Lord is saying to you. No, apart from the Lord, we also have our own mind, which God needed to renew. If you are still using that one that God needs to renew to judge God's things, you are still using a wrong judgment. You will still end up in a wrong righteousness. You won't have the right, or let me just say, you won't have the righteousness of God. Right? So there's something you, there's a, there's a posture the heart should have when interacting with God. Right? Not just, don't be too outward about it. Be more inward. Be more inward about what you are doing. Think more Inwardly, okay. You know, sometimes outward can look like I've done something. Ah! Yes, sir. What, what that person, ah, I'm not growing you. That's not inward. That's not, that's all those ones, that's you. Inward is different. Ah! I did that thing. And I know this thing is not in the life of God. You should be able to see your promise in God are concerning yourself more than just what you just did and all those things. See your promise. Just look at your promise. This one I'm saying just to maybe help our heart, you know, condemnation, all those kind of things that used to battle all of us, most of us, all those things. That thing just, it just, it's just Satan. Satan knows how to make men look outward, don't look inward, just outward. Even when you are, when you are dealing with the things of God, still look outward. And, it, and the summary of that is don't be spiritual. No, be, to be spiritual is not to be religious. To be spiritual, right? is being spiritual talks about uh, having, having, let me put it, having a journey towards God, a, a real journey, movement towards God. Being spiritual is, has to do with all the things that the Lord has to give you, all the, God has to, the divine, what you have to take from God. Being spiritual means becoming like God, right? Being spiritual, or to be spiritual is to be Christ, but I don't want to use the word Christ. I'm trying to simplify that one, right? To be spiritual is to be, <laughs> to be spiritual is to be developing upwardly. To be spiritual, you have to be developing upward. That's what it means to be spiritual. And, when, and, and everything about upward development, right? It's more about you, your soul, inwardly, changing to a nature that God has revealed about himself. 
And what that naturally happens is that when God comes to a man and reveals himself, by default, what begins to happen is that the soul begins to see its fault, its frailties around that. Life. But that seeing a fault is not for the soul to condemn itself. It's for the soul to adjust. Oh, now you've seen the life of God adjust. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know why I'm here, but I need to, I need to slow down. Okay, but let me just quickly, so I think I just said this concerning us, you know, generally. So Satan likes men looking outward, not inward. So, um, how did I even get there? Okay, I was talking about believers, how we should be, Abby. Uh-huh. The posture of the heart, you know, should be more inward, not outward. Because that outward area, that's Satan's realm. Right? We know that you do things that you can see with your friends, with our friends, right? That may seem like it is outward. It's not outward. Every, everything about a, 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 a man is spiritual. But Satan has done work to degrade, to remove every spirituality, every essence of spiritual inclination, to remove it. And make the man carnal by making him think lower than he is. Think outwardly. Okay, think about your selfish desires. Think about yourself alone. Okay, think about what you get. Okay, think about how they will see you. So, because think about that and then behave this way. You know, all those things. Okay, gain edge. If you have edge, you have power. You can control things. Oh, gain edge. It will, it will make you feel powerful. Right? All those, it, it began to sit and train men skillfully in the natural, the things of the natural, but not things spiritual. Not things spiritual. But believers need to know that they need to grow up spiritually and they need to be spiritual. And to become spiritual, there's a whole lot of things that need to go in there. Praying, reading your Bible, the Lord coming, giving you spirit, receiving spirit. Because when I say spirit, I don't want to just say, it's not about reading the Bible and praying alone. Because I want to include it. This time around, just include it. To become spiritual is a whole lot of things. And if you know it's a whole lot of things and you don't come by them easily. And most of them, right? the truth of them is that everything is, in, is line upon line. Precept upon precept. There's line up. Now, the Lord, the Lord won't give you Christ without giving you Holy Ghost first. He won't give you himself without giving you Holy Ghost first. And when he gives you Holy Ghost, there's, there's what Holy Ghost has to do. While part of the perks of having the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit helps you and I in our day-to-day activity like Holy Ghost, where's that key, Right? Holy Ghost, I'm going, ah, help me with this, you know, all those things. Holy Ghost has a mandate. Holy Ghost has a mandate. Right? Because Holy Ghost has, let me put it, Holy Ghost has the freedom. Holy Ghost has a lot more freedom in the spirit. I'm not saying God is not free. But there's a reason why they say where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Right? So Christ has some le- has freedom too. God has freedom too, but their freedoms are different. Only God's freedom is, is, 
That one enters into the world of man well. Christ has limitation in the world of man. God has limitation in the world of man. Because, because of their, how highly exalted they are, they are, they are a place they can't get low into. It's not possible. They are, their person won't take it. But only girls can go anywhere. And to show how, how, how vast, how free it is, in the natural, Holy Ghost is not limited. Holy Ghost can rest on a phone. Holy Ghost can rest on an handkerchief. That's not a man. If Holy Ghost can rest on an handkerchief, me, I know that that means that Holy Ghost can rest on a, ah, what am I even saying? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I say Holy Ghost can rest on a goat. But then I remembered that Holy Ghost actually rested on a donkey. Right? It means he can rest on an animal. If he can rest on, he can rest on an animal. Yes, so Holy Ghost decided on a donkey. The donkey started talking. It's a dumb, dumb, dumb. Is it, what's it, what's it, it's a dumb what? Ah, dumb. Uh, what's that? How did, how did, how did, is it? Dumb ass uh, speaking. Who, is it Paul? That's, is it Paul? That, is it Paul? Wait, oh. who said it? Talking about the Lord, the wages of Balak, who loves the wages of sin. Balak, who loves the wages of sin. The dumb ass speaking. Was it John or was it Paul? I can't remember who made that statement. Uh, Peter, yes. So what did he say? It's a complete other thing. Let's read it. I think it's a good thing to read. It's a good read. Okay. Okay. Right God the way of balance, 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 Chapter 2, right? Verse 15. Verse 15. Uh-huh. The dumb are speaking with, with, man, with man's voice. Forbid the manners of the prophets. Holy Ghost, wanted, Holy Ghost wanted to rebuke a prophet. He went rested on a donkey. And I'm, I'm, I'm comparing both uh, versions because one used donkey, one used ass. So when you hear me say ass, some people will not be thinking differently. So the scripture that, that ass means a donkey. <laughs> so that is a donkey. Dumb ass speaking, forbade the manners of a prophet. So the Lord, God wanted to just rebuke a prophet. He didn't come and say, prophet, stop. He just, only God just, just rested on a donkey and the donkey started talking. And then say, imagine, imagine a donkey rebuking a man. It's like, it's like Holy Ghost took a, a, a creation and spake. You know, he said, no, I'm not going to use a man to rebuke you. I'm going to use a donkey. That's the whole. That's only. That's pretty much only goes rebuking the prophet directly. Yeah. Say, I'm going to rebuke you. Stop that nonsense. 
It's a forbidden madness. Like that, it's a forbidden madness of a prophet. The prophet, the prophet running mad. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of a prophet is that? If a prophet can run mad, why is it? Pro- okay, let me not talk to. But when, when we talk about prophet, those words are not ordinary in scripture. A prophet is a stature. A prophet is a stature. We know there's a prophetic office, but there's also a prophetic stature. Right? So, Lord, it means that if, if a prophet can be mad, what's a what's natural man? And the reason why they forbid the manners of the Bible is because there's a way a prophet should live. He knows better. Then it means that him not doing what he should is mad. And that's what the donkey was rebuking. So he forbade. You know what his madness is? He was supposed to just leave Israel alone. But because Balak gave him money, he was like, okay, let me attempt it. Do you see what was happening there? Something was wrong with his judgment. Something was wrong with his judgment. So he couldn't decide rightly. Let me just leave it. Why? Because where Jesus, money is enticing him. See that little display of madness. That's what happens to most believers. Right? They will just, they will just, Satan will just offer us something to make us mad. And the truth of the matter is that any believer that is not developing up what is mad, crazy, foolish, wicked, twisted, I'm saying it's missing the local. So I'm saying that. So that means I'm mad small. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when, you hear, when, when people hear these kind of things, vexation of the spirit, they will be saying, oh, What do you mean? We are not mad. We are right in the name of Jesus. We know, we know. But here's the question when something touches you, and it's very easy to detect, do you behave mad? Do you just go without thinking and just. That's madness. We've just, we've just found a way to say different, put it together. He was just angry for a bit. So he didn't, he didn't think too much before. It's madness. It's madness. And as a believer, one of the things that we should look towards is, not be, you know, is to not behave madly. Not to be mad. Not to be running, not to be moving mad. Moving mad. <laughs> Yeah. Like that, you say, you're not moving, man. <laughs> say, who's your... Say, who's, that, who's, that, who's that guy that said, it was, uh, it was fast, it wasn't a movie like that. For, is it a wedding party? No. It's, uh, is it Kwam's money or something? New money or something? Oh, Chief Daddy, okay. Tell me, who's your dad? Okay, Chief Daddy, okay. It's, 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 it's. Oh. Amen. So, what is happening is that... I had to see, man, right? People... We are every believer that is not developing upward has a lot, a lot more potential to move mad. Yes, and that moving mad does not look like you are mad. So it, the only time it shows like that is when you are angry and you display. <laughs> but most of those madness sometimes is inward. Is yes, something you know you don't, nobody see, sometimes nobody sees it, right? Nobody sees the madness. It's just you just sometimes when we see the madness is after maybe something like ah. What happened here? Oh, just a little madness. 
right? So what the scripture called madness is, see that thing that Balaam did, loving the wages of unrighteousness. He loves the wages. It's called it's madness. And just, just, just gave him money. And that happens to us in different phases, right? It may not be money they give to us. That money can come in different things. And all it is saying to you and me is live righteousness and just do your thing. Forget about righteousness. Forget about what these people are saying. Just, just do your thing, man. Your, your thing is what is important. Just, just do your thing. I mean, you see that thing they are offering you? Just take it. So when that offer comes, it's easy to... And, and, and here's the thing. Every believer, when offer comes and you don't have judgment, it will be clearing. It will be glaring. It will be clear. Why? I'm not saying it will be clear to everybody. It will be clear to you and God. It will be clear to... I mean, in the realm of the Spirit, it will be clear. Because sometimes, because we, are, we, are, we don't have the sight, we don't even really see it. Right? But to be clear in the realm of the Spirit... Right. But to have a righteous judgment is a, or to have judgment is a lot of spiritual deposit, a lot of, lot of investment spiritually. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay. Today, thank God, maybe I found grace to start to quickly end it. But ah, there's a thought that, because I have to finish in the next 45 minutes, have you? There's a thought, there's a thought that got me here, okay? I was talking about believers developing upward rights, righteous, then I was talking about the Holy Spirit resting, right? The freedom of the Spirit, right? How the Spirit is free compared to the rest of the inheritance we are supposed to come into. <laughs> okay, so the Holy Spirit has a lot of freedom. Then I was saying that because, ah, I think the thought there was, yes, can reach a hand, how far, talking the freedom about how, how far the Holy Spirit can reach, right, the Holy Spirit can reach far, vast, so there are things you can talk to us about, like, you know, house, don't go to that place, like umbrella. No, different, different, different sub to sub to things. <laughs> that reminds me now, right? That Holy Spirit can help us with. But his main job, it's not just for all those things alone. When you talk about what was, what is the real mandate of the Holy Spirit? What exactly is the Holy Spirit for? When you were given, then what tells us that is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, 13. I mean, let's read it. So what is it? who's going to help us? Ephesians 1 from verse 12. Yes. That we should be to the praise of his glory, mm-hmm. who first trusted in Christ, in whom he also trusted, trusted after, after that he had the word of truth. truth. 
the gospel of your salvation. Lead, sealed with the spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase. You see, that's it. Says, in whom ye are sealed, right? After you've heard the gospel of your salvation, you are sealed what with the Holy Spirit of promise. So Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit of promise. Right? Then what did they say again next? Which is the earnest of okay. our inheritance. So that's the word. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Meaning that what believers have, really, is just inheritance. What believers have is an inheritance. So, you are born again to an inheritance. You're not born again to get a house. The reason you're born again is not to get a car and to, or to marry and then have a child. That's not, that's not what the inheritance is for. So, what the first, every, before getting married, before having a child, before like anything else, the first, the, the, the real reason right? Why we are born again is for an inheritance. And that's why Peter was telling us in 1 Peter chapter 1, right? Say, to an say hey, ah, how did Peter put it? Incorrupted. Before, before to an inheritance, what did he say before then? Over Lord Jesus. According to, on that mess, as begotten not again, okay? Unto a lively hope. Mm -hmm. To an inheritance. You see where he started from? Thanks be God, who has begotten us again. So you can think about that as, okay, when we get born again, what happens? But of course, there's still another birth that happens that, John, uh, that Peter was talking about. But he says, who has begotten us again? So when we get born again, what is he for? He says, you are born again to an inheritance. Incorruptible, right? So that is what believers are begotten for, is to an inheritance. So, if a believer, you're a believer, and your goal is not towards an inheritance, you, all you're doing is just play. You're still playing. You have not started. Such a believer hasn't started anything yet. If, you know, we are born again and then we are just still, and most of us here, we are all, we are all, looking towards, you know, God. But we just say these things, right? If a believer is just still about the natural, you know, you know the natural speaks nothing about your inheritance. If you like, be the CEO of the biggest company in the world, it has nothing to do with any inheritance. Inheritance here is talking about inheriting God. So God, who created the world, the universe, God, the all, the all sufficient God, that is the inheritance of every believer. So maybe that's what believers should think first. Before you do anything, use the name of God to do anything. Think what's your inheritance? So while you are going about, you know, the Holy Spirit help us marry, help us do those things. Uh -huh. So they are now saying that is a seal, right? The earnest of inheritance. The Holy Spirit of promise. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. Then he also is to bring promises to you. 
Because what God has promised every soul is himself. God promised every believer, everybody that gets born again, in short, not even every human being. Every human being, the duty, the, the commitment of God to every human being is to give himself to them. Born again or not. Just a part of getting that inheritance is just that you have to be born again. Born again or not, God's commitment to humanity is to give himself to, to man. And that's it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, so, if that is going to take place, right, then we need to know what we are doing as Christians. Right? We need to know that Christianity is not, is not, it's not a club. That, you know, the way people go to club and party, because that's not a club. Christianity is not fun fair. People don't, people don't just like speaking in tongue, blah, 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 and they just clap and go because they, they, they like, you know, you know when, when I see Christian, you just see all these tongue-speaking people, and some, even in Christianity, some don't even believe you should be speaking in tongue, you know, all those kind of, kind of Satan, wicked Satan, right? Bad devil, <laughs> right? So I don't even think it should be, like, people don't just come together and speak in tongue because they just feel like, you know, stressing their vocal cord, sorry, like, exercising their vocal cord, and all those things. It looks foolish. But that's where salvation is. But that's where the gospel is. All those things look foolish. Right? But God did it for a purpose. Because the way of men is not the way of God. You can't, you can't think God out the way you would. Imagine trying to think God out without Holy Ghost. Remove, just, remove Holy Ghost, remove speaking in tongues, remove all of this and just try to think God out. See how far you go. Right? That's so kind of But I mean, of course, God made sure that if you are looking for him, or if you are looking for him, if you study a plant, you'll find him. If you are looking for him, or if you study a chair that is there that we made, you will find him there. If you look at grass, you see him. If you look at the sea, you see him. Because that's the one in our vicinity. Now move into the space. Just look at the cosmos. If you don't believe in God, there's something wrong with you. That one, you just clear, you just want to deny God. You see this earth now standing in and out of water, and you are wondering how is it happening? The earth sitting in and out of water. How? How is God doing it? Then you if 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 you've thought if you look at all of that and you still believe God exists. And then if you've thought of it, you see all that, you see all those kind of things. I don't think God is worthy to pursue to learn. There's still something still wrong. Because you might be a Christian who I believe. I know that God has your exist. But inside your heart, there's no pursuit. Inside your heart, there's no chase. Inside your heart, there's no, there's no hunger, no thirst. Not that, you know, everything is just activity. Okay, I go for that program. I go for this program. Okay, just that meeting. Okay, okay. I play you. That's what you're just, just doing. Okay, okay. Let me start figuring out how I'm going to end this message. So, uh, so that's all those things. How did I enter here again? I, enter, I entered this Holy Ghost area. Talked about the Holy Ghost area. Okay, I entered this Holy Ghost from John, right? Because we're talking about how Holy Ghost rested on, you know, John was born, there was a reason. Okay, we're still talking about upward development, right? Comparing him to Jesus, the way Jesus grew, right? 
Jesus grew, and then they were telling us how he grew. So he waxed strong in spirit. That's Luke chapter 2 that we're reading, right? So he waxed strong in spirit. So it was what that means is that Jesus was growing stronger in the spirit. And then what next? He waxed strong and was what? Filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Those things is what believers should be craving for. Right? To work strong in spirit, to be filled with wisdom, and the grace of God to rest. One of the th- reasons why our spiritual journey is difficult is because we lack grace in many things. No grace is like ointment, oil. Grace is like, grace is like, grace is like a lubricant that makes things flow easy. Imagine, you see the, the, the wheel of a car, eh? If it doesn't have a lubricant, right? All you'll be hearing as the car is moving is all kinds of noise. Woo, 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 And you, you yourself, you will not like driving that kind of car. How many of us have seen a car that has a broken wheel bearing? And okay, ladies don't like others, they don't know those things, but but okay, let me explain it. Is as you are driving, nothing's wrong with your car, but the moment you start moving, you start hearing one loud noise. Or it will stop, sometimes start slowly. Then later, if you are driving at high speed, you are going boom, 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 boom. Then when, it is, when, the, when the thing is now bad, it will be like if the thing is grinding. I, mean, you know, I was in Nigeria that, you know, you know all those uh, yeah. things they used to grind pepper. Yeah. That one's even smooth because that one also has bearing and oil. And, but what's that thing? You know? <laughs> Have you ever grounded a uh, yam? You know, dried yam to grind it into powder? You know, they have a special my machine to do that, but sometimes we have people that use the regular one that they use for pepper. So some, some people use that too. But when you're not using that one, that one is a lot noisy. When it's cracking, like, what is going on? But you still do the job. Yeah. That's the same way it is when the wheel bearing of the car is broken. And you know what's happening when the wheel bearing is broken? Is that, see the way there's a ball that has to be rolling with lubricant. But when it is broken, those lubrication will somehow leak. Right? So the balls won't be as lubricated. So every ball, as the ball is rolling upon metal, grinding each other, you'll be hearing all the grinding noise. So it's like, the way the wheel is moving, there's a way, it's a technology that is like balls moving inside fluid that will now remove all the noise. Everything was just moving smoothly. So grace is like that oil. Is that as you are as you are doing things, it will just be smooth, nothing, no, no problem. So part of what every believer should be praying for is all those things. Grace. And, and the funny thing is this. When it's, when somebody works strong in spirit and is being filled with wisdom, what they are really, really, really receiving is grace. It's grace. The Spirit brings grace. 
Holy Ghost gives grace. Grace, let me put it this way. The grace of God is what allows the flow of the life of God from him to man without friction. See the same thing I just explained with the will. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for the will to move smoothly, no noise, there needs to be that oil in that wheel to lubricate the, the balls so that, that it is rolling. There's no noise. It's the grace. It's God's grace. That's the, that's the typical explanation of grace. So when the oil is flowing, when the oil of grace is flowing, grace just ensures that there is a supply and a flow from God's life to man. Grace is what makes things possible. You want to change, you need grace. You want to wax, you want to be, you want to wax strong in the spirit, you need grace. Well, because to wax strong in the spirit, you know it would, it would you, you can't just wax strong in the spirit by sitting in your living room and watching TV. Right? There has to be some, there, there will be some spiritual, uh, what's that word? There will be some spiritual, is it engagement within the heart that will be ongoing, which is a work, also a work of grace. And for a soul to pay attention to it every day, that soul is flowing in grace. Imagine the reason why we break fellowship sometimes, because grace is not there. We just, yeah. just walk out of it. And the funny thing about grace is that you can easily switch grace. You can move from the grace of God to the grace of Satan. The grace of Satan is the one that makes you to quickly insult. The grace of Satan is the one that you want to find fault. You can find fault quickly. It's grace. That too is grace too. You don't think it's, it's grace. It's grace. Oh, you can flow easily in, in the in grace. Satan can, well, wrong, you can gracefully follow wrong judgments. Just, just all kinds of grace. Grace, just grace will just be flowing. Grace to, uh, what, else? what are the things that we, we, we do again? Grace to speak evil. Grace to, grace to, grace to not be compassionate. Grace to stay on our right. Grace to stay angry. Grace to be easily offended. Grace to easily think evil of yourself. No, you can be graceful, you can be gracefully, you can, you can have grace to condemn yourself. When they check your grace, it's to condemn. Rather, you see, but you, you need to quickly switch your grace. Switch from, that one of condemnation, switch from condemning grace, right, to grace of, what's that, what's that word? Righteousness. Instead of easily condemning yourself, find grace to make correction and change and move on. And work on it, right? That's grace. Honestly, this is not, this is not what I was. Amen. Amen. So grace, flow with grace. You see, one of the things that you hear that Jesus grew with. Have you ever seen where they said somebody grow like Jesus and they, they lack grace and truth? Say Jesus is full of grace and truth. Meaning that when you break Jesus down, 
you cut him. What will bleed like blood is grace. If you hit him in the head and he's bleeding, what will be flowing out is grace. Then, I'm, I see that the scripture says clearly that grace is poured into his lips. It's out of the abundance of grace. Right? If it's poured in his lips, it means there's, there's supply. God can pour grace on him. So grace, that thing called grace, the grace of God, is very essential for growth, for upward development. We need grace. Grace. Grace to work strong in spirit. Grace to be filled with wisdom. And you know what those, what those things will result into? Those things will result into a soul having a different kind of sight. Nobody grows when works strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. Of God, though, would have a wrong sight about life, about career, about marriage, about the things that puzzle us, having a child, about what else puzzle men. Loneliness, about Reputation. About reputation. About name. Amen. So, now, going back to what I've been saying and then perhaps round up is this aspect. And what, what and, and the key thing here is that, see, wax, that waxing strong in the spirit is key. Because we need a lot of spirit for grace. If, if, if we don't have spirit, we can never have a changed side. Now, so when you're talking about judgment, because when you talk about judgment, judgment is needed. Sight is needed for judgment, like I was saying. Right? Sight is needed for judgment. And to have that, to develop that sight, you need a lot of spirit. To give you access to wisdom. Right? A different kind of wisdom. Which is as a result of the flow of grace. Right? But when grace is upon a soul, when grace comes to a soul, right? What you find there is wisdom. Right? Wisdom, which the same grace. Is energy, God's energy. Is a is a raw, is grace is God's raw energy, which God can convert into different energies. So what God convert his life into grace and give it. So that same grace that is life can be converted into another energy called grace for wisdom. Right? Grace can also turn to truth. Right? Is, is, there's an increase in grace. Grace increases. And when you are seeing the activity of grace upon a believer, what you see is lots of spirit. You can't have grace and not have spirit. You can't. 
can't have grace and not have spirit. The fact that grace is there is the fact that it means that spirit is there. So one of the, one of the important things is emphasis on the spirit. For the right side, right judgment. Right judgment. Now, I, I wanted to tie this judgment to us as humans, right? We are, like I was saying earlier, we are judging every day. Every day we are judging. Every day we are judging. We are making decisions. Right? And I don't know if I've really been able to define this, this judgment the way I'm seeing it. Is you need judgment to be able to live righteously. To be able to live right. To live right, you need judgment. Right? So every Every single thing we are doing, I don't know, I don't have words. What will happen? Maybe I'll find by grace in the scripture. Every single thing we are doing, the moment you do something, you've just judged. Right? If you go and you decide to buy a, a car, you've just judged. If you decide to f- live here now, and go somewhere, you've just judged. If you decide to cook rice and beans, you just judged. If you decide to serve God, you just judged. If you decide to have a child, you just judged. If you decide to Stop being judgmental as a person. You've just judged. Right? If you decide to allow grace flow upon your lips, everything you say is with grace. You've just judged. And I see that every single thing that has to do with a living soul is judgment. In short, what it means to live is to judge. Right? If a soul decides today that they are going to take a career path, right? They've just, they've just decided to do something that can be, can be accounted for as living. Right? In order to arrive, they need to judge to make the decision. So to live as a, a living soul, you must, you, living is a continuous execution of judgment. That's the, if, I, if I'm saying, if I'm trying to, do, to live is a continuous execution of, the moment judgment stops, that soul stops living. The moment any soul stops, so if you have to judge to live, then what is judgment? Judgment is then the, hey, I'm stuck here. I'm just defining judgment. That every single thing you do is judgment. To, do, to live, you are judging. So judgment is the act of living. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Judgment is the act of living. So if we are, we are going to judge, judgment is not, living is not ordinary. 
to live is to judge. Yeah. So having defined that, we can now start looking at the importance of these things, as it says that Jesus, he will not, he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, because there is a way men judge. But there's a way God will judge. So they're now telling us this, that, see, because of the deposit of spirit upon him, because of that deposit of spirit, something will happen to his eyes. Because, like I was saying, Jesus was born like you and I were born. Meaning that he has a tendency to judge the way men will judge. And the way how do men judge after the sight of their eyes? What they see, they want without thinking. They want something. Maybe the, the judgment of the eyes is that they just, just like a, just like a baby. If a baby sees something they want, like, ah, what is it to, I'm trying to use, maybe I can use my daughter to explain. Maybe she wants something. Coco melon. So when she's, when she, she heard it, you know. If she wants, for example, if she just wants, once she sees it, that's it. Once she sees it, that's what she wants. She might be okay without seeing it, too. The same way some things might not have come to our consciousness as human beings, right? The moment we see it and it's something we like, ah! We just, she just wants it. If you, if you don't give it, she'll start crying. Later, I will not console her, say, sorry, you don't have this now. You know, explain to her, you can't. But all that is in her mind is that she wants that cocoa melon. Give me the cocoa melon. I just want it. I just want it. That's her judgment. It's not meaning that she's not seeing beyond that. And that's the thing. She's not seeing beyond that judgment. And now she's after the, what is she using? I'm not saying that is what she's using. I'm just saying to explain that kind of scenario is that she sees cocoa melon. She wants it. That's that is an example of judging after the sight of your eyes. As at that time, eh, she will not think about eating or any other thing else. If, if, if you like, she, don't, she does not care about food. She does not care about anything else. She has a cocoa melon she wants. But does she need to eat? Yes. Are there other things that she might need to do? Yeah, but oh, she just, I, just want, I just want cocoa melon. That's it. If you take it out, she cry. That's how some of us behave. Eh? We just want something. We just want it. We can't let it go. If judgment comes to say leave that thing, and the truth of the matter is that most of the time when judgment comes, the Lord will actually put people around you or put install authority or different things to ensure that you can, even if you don't, you, you don't have sight, let's put sight around you to help you. Such that if you live through those sight, even though you may not like it, you may not agree with it, one thing is sure, you, might, you will end up in right judgment. And then you now see scripture saying, multitude of counsel, there is safety. A soul that is not positioned to receive counsel. No counsel is not just, hey, tell me what you want to do. Inside your heart, there, there must be a, a, a conviction in the heart to receive counsel. Whereby, 
when, they, when counsel is given, you will leave all that you are thinking. If, okay, I don't want to cook. They say, okay, go and cook. Then you ah, okay. I don't feel like cooking. Okay, let me just go and cook. That's practice of submission in a way. Right? <laughs> so there's a way men will judge. When men are judging, they don't think more than what they are just what they want. They don't think more than what they want. But you now see the, the, the sin is, is what they want. They don't think about, okay, this thing that I want, how does it affect people around me? How does it affect me? Is it even me? Okay, this thing that I want, is it, is it going to be a catastrophic thing? No, different, different. So one thing that is, and, and the truth of the matter is that babies don't have sight. They can't. It's impossible. That's why you can't expect a newborn believer to have sight. I know somebody is born again today recently. Don't, that person should never think that they have all the sight in the world. That's such a soul should just be under, just go and submit to your pastor, this pastor, pastor you. Right? You, you can't be, of course, God might have helped you to have developed well as a person because there's a similarity between natural development and spiritual development. There may be a lot of lack spiritually, right? But God might have helped you in a way, in the natural. God can import that into your spirit, your spiritual development, right? But the truth of the matter is that you can't like accidentally become grown. Young believers, they don't have the ability to make judgment. They can't. It's not possible. It's like it's like asking a baby that you just gave birth to today to go and cook their food, decide the food they're going to eat. I mean, it's you that decide what they eat now. The parent, that's why God gave parent over child to the, okay, you don't want to do, but no, don't do that thing. Don't go and do this one. Okay, don't eat this one. Eat this, that one. Okay, because you're a baby, we don't need milk. Okay, we'll give you milk. We have to suffer that one now because, okay, let's, we have to give you breast and, you know, even if it is bottled, okay, let's do that for now because we, are so, we have no choice but to do that, right? But the truth of the matter is that such a baby needs help, needs sight. They need to grow, work strong. Meaning that all of us, it's all these things, I'm talking about different phases, cutting across, right? But all of us, we can find where we need our own. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. We need, there's, what, it is, what is needed for to be able to judge rightly is a lot of spirit. Lots of spirit. But let's not forget. See this spirit that they are talking about? They told us what they are. That the spirit of the Lord shall rest. Then they began to count the spirit. The spirit of wisdom. Seven spirit of God. Counsel. Spirit of wisdom and limited spirit of wisdom and understanding. Counsel and might. Knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. How to feel my kite. See these spirits, they are actually ways of seeing. That's what they are. That is why this, I had to mention this before they said that Jesus will not judge after the sight of his eyes. It means that if a soul hasn't come under wisdom, you see, see what they told us Jesus worked strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. That is very important because wisdom is a spirit. Few 
with wisdom. I don't know the way I'm talking today. It's like it's like things are in different areas. They told us they told us about judgment. Uh-huh. I think I'm teaching the tongue and interpretation also. I think it's that ah, that see this fear thing that they're talking about. You still see part of him has this fear thing they're talking about. Eh? This is where it's going to end up in. So it shall make him of quick understanding the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge. But to get to fear of the Lord, to get to fear of the Lord, there are other things. Don't just get to fear. You have to pass through wisdom, understanding, counsel, mind. You have to pass through all those spirit. Right? Now, I'm just saying, it's like I was going to talk about, but I just want to summarize them. Because I, I, I don't, because the spirit, I don't, I don't I, okay, God will help me to interpret this thing. Because the spirit of the Lord that is, that is helping us to talk about all these things is actually, that is, I, I'm seeing that the spirit of judgment, really, in the sense that it's talking about wisdom and fear. Right? It's from fear, it's from wisdom to fear. Then the angel was saying, I am wisdom. So fear is a coded word, it's a coded saying. Inside it there are many things. All these things we have been teaching. That's what's inside all, all those things. Yeah, inside that word, that's what brought forth. Okay, the one we are talking about today. Funny enough, I was thinking, I guess the Lord knows. The, kind of, the Lord knows us. Right? The Lord knows you. you no know, form of us that are, as we are here now. Yeah? What the Lord looks at is so. For, for food. So the Lord will have to adjust our meal as, as we show up. Amen. So, there are things, they have, they've told us about prioritizing the things of God. Now they're telling us that, if you ask me, what, you, what, what, what am I summarizing today? It is this, be, be filled with the Spirit. Not just be filled as in receiving Holy Ghost alone. Do you love the things of the Spirit? Okay, do you give in yourself? Okay, do you like, like when you feel small anointing within you, is that what gives you, like, can you give yourself a lot to the deposit of spirit? Right? Is, because when we have a lot of, when we work strong, it's, work, it's growing in the spirit. And what I'm t- talking about is still growing up, developing upwardly, right? What, what should I be praying for? I'm praying to, be, to work strong. God, help me to work strong in the spirit. I want to work strong in the spirit. I need, I need your spirit of sight. To work strong in the spirit, right, the Lord needs to supply us his own sight. Lord, I need your spirit of sight. I need your spirit of seeing. I want to see as you see. I want to know as you know. I want to hear as you are hearing. Jesus, the way you see, I want to see. The way you hear, I want to hear. See this thing that say, they're saying, it shall not judge with his sight. It's the way Jesus sees. It shall not hear, right? It shall not reprove. After, so they're talking about judgment and reproving. Talking about two things, seeing 
Right? And hearing. Seeing. Hearing. Those things, I don't, I don't think, I don't have grace to talk about that hearing aspect today. What, I just, what I'm just having grace to talk about here today is that aspect of judgment. So, I'm now simplifying it. So, some of us here, we can see it at a, in a way. Right? We can see judgment in a place. But there are still some of us that what, what they need to hear is just knowing that aspect of knowing the importance of judging. You want to live rightly? You want to live the way God wants you to live? You want to be a child of God the way you should? Then there's a way you should be judging things. Right? But to get there, you have to be filled. The Spirit of God should rest on you. What you should be praying for is the Spirit resting. Lord, come and rest upon me. I want to have adventures in the Spirit. Other adventures in your world. I want more of your Spirit. Some of us, we don't even know the Spirit as we should. We just know God. We believe in God. We go to church and all those things. But we don't know the Spirit. We don't know the Spirit. I'm sent to make you high. I'm sent, sent to make you, make you high. 
I'm sent to make you. I'm sent to make you high. I'm making you men. I'm making you even act, even an act, even an act, even an act. I'm making you to why, 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 yeah, 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 la, 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 ha, ya, ha, 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 la, I, ha, 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 la, ha, ya, la, 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 light, higher light, higher light, ha, higher light. I make, I'm, I'm making, I'm making you high. I'm making you high with a high light. I'm making you high with a high light. I'm bringing you up with a highlight. I'm bringing you up with a highlight. I'm elevating sight. I'm elevating sight. I'm elevating light. 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 I'm perfecting judgment. I'm perfecting judgment. I'm perfecting judgment. I'm making you an arc. 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 An arc. An arc. An arc. An arc. An arc. I'm building the soul. 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 Being built. Being built. Being built. Being built. Being built up. 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 ビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビビ
Being filled with the Spirit is not just forgetting born again and then learning Christ. You will be filled and filled and filled until you enter God. Being filled is not one time, it's a continuous thing. The more you grow, the more you expand inwardly, the more you need to be filled. So if you grow to Christ, you know there's a level of spirit you need. So you can never, you can never be short-circuited of spirit. I'm mean, sorry, you can never have, have enough and you know you need enough. And, 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 I, and I realize that somehow we make that mistake. We think because we've known the spirit in a way, we've enjoyed the Holy Ghost. That's about it. Now we are learning Christ, or now we're learning eternal life and all those things. So we don't need to see all those make make things, you know, just ha ah, mistake. This thing is a word we should be living in. See, I just all I'm seeing is that the Lord wants to make the word of the spirit open to souls. Souls that have been void of that word. The Lord wants to make them enter. The world of the spirit. No, you have been struggling to enjoy this. You are struggling to, to engage the spirit. You have been struggling to move into that world of the spirit. Where things that are spiritual begin to flow. The Lord wants to break it open. Amen. And give you passage into that world. And even if you've had access before, I'm saying the Lord wants to, I believe, I believe. Yeah. The Lord wants to give it much more in a larger measure. Something I saw, maybe on, I think on Wednesday or so, and I'm seeing it. That's, that's actually what actually happens to be the teaching. Just a dream I had, and I just forgot about it. I'm not going to say it anyways, but the summary of the, of the dream is that I'm, I'm, I was seeing a lot of deposit of spirit. I'm not talking about spirit for prophesying and all those things. Just spirit, cow, a huge amount of spirit was being deposited upon your soul. Souls receiving it. What kind of thing is this? It was so much that the soul fell under. It couldn't function because the spirit was too much. And I know it was the Lord that was doing it. And that was what we were teaching today, really. To work strong in spirit. The word of the spirit should be open to his soul. It should not be too far-fetched. See, I've not, we've not really spoken about this seven spirit we are talking about. We are just, we are just, just still, 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 still touching here and there. Right? I don't, maybe in a way, me too, because I'm, 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 I'm cautious about moving further because I feel, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it could be my error, I don't know, but I just felt perhaps maybe there, there might still be some foundational things around that we all just moving there concerning the spirit, seven spirit. That area, that area is, and it's good for some of us, we know we've never, but I believe there's what the Lord is building and doing. But what I just felt my spirit resting on today it's just that waxing strong in the spirit. For the, for the, and that's for the purpose of gaining a different kind of sight. You know that our sight is not perfect until we get to God. Eye of Christ is not perfect. Although the man can be perfect. But when we talk about sight, is the way it should see. But that perfect soul who have the capacity 
to receive the highest perfection it could. Unless you are seen as God, you have not you have not you are not yet seen correctly. Until a soul sees as God sees, that's why it's not seen correctly. So I believe, see, this thing is, and I believe the Lord is also helping some of us too regarding judgment, making decisions and things. You want to make decision is a lot, is a, see, this is, is a world of, decision making is a world of spirit. Now I'm handing some. It's a world of spirit. Okay, you want to make decision, right? Just, you, know, you, don't, you don't want to just judge with the right, with the sight of your eyes? Okay. What should you judge with? If it's not, as you just see, just want, you know, and a sign that as you just, you just want is that you don't think deeper. You just see, then they, what they start talking about, they asking you a question, okay, this decision, I'm making, hey, okay, I just thought about it. I just wanted to, and then you've already, you may have just seen something you know, that you need a whole lot of spiritual deposit and decision to make. You just see that, and then you just started already making decisions about it. Let's say you just like making, you just like to, you just like to drive car. And you have bicycle, you quickly go and sell your bicycle. Why? Because, you no, know, you just car I want, I don't like bicycle again. I, I've been riding this bicycle, I just want car, I want car. Just throw away bicycle and then, you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to be walking and trekking on you because now to walk to, 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 to actually get the car that you want, you need to know how to drive it. To know how to drive it, you have to learn, do your test, get your license. You see all kinds of things. And you may not think of that, all you can be thinking of is just getting a car. But there are other, other things tied to that, right? I'm just saying this is a very low level, right? As just judgment, decision making. But in every way you make decision, right? There's a way to make decisions is by the Spirit. And it says, Jesus, let me read this and then I end. It says, Jesus shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Why? Because of the Spirit resting on him. And Jesus works strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. You can't make decisions without the help of the Spirit of wisdom too. There must be some depth. I'm not talking about just you know, natural wisdom. I'm talking about, see, the spirit of wisdom should be, should be working upon his soul. It will help. Why? Because decision making or judgment. I don't, I, it's funny actually, I've said this thing earlier. Right? Why I was using the law and all those courts, you know, spirit is to just show us that to arrive at judgment, there's a lot of things involved. The spirit, then the spirit training the soul. That's to be trained. How? By giving them access to a lot of information. What, judge, what lawyers argue is with information. They bring lots of information. Things for the judge to see. And those things, they, they are, those information that they give the judge, right? For him to make a right judgment to judge, right? Those informations are very crucial. So when a soul, you can, you can see yourself as a judge and you're about to make a decision, then you now, you now you have lawyers inside of you. Or you have spirit inside of you. They need to start giving you information, giving you witnesses to testify about the thing you're about to do. That, that's you now see the importance of the leading of the spirit. That world of information is the world of wisdom. Right? The spirit of wisdom is, is, the, is the searcher. I'm not going to talk too much about it, right, because of time and, you know, I'm just, just saying it as a sneak peek, right? That's the word of wisdom. But the summary is this. Wisdom is a spirit. 
what did we see on Jesus? Jesus had spirit resting on him. So, here's the summary. Want to be a good Christian? Make right decisions? Live righteously? Then you need spirit. More spirit. So, Jesus shall not judge with the sight of his eyes. Not the way men judge, like every man. You know, go about their day, look for how card, you know, judge with money and different things about their gain. But Jesus says, he shall not reprove with the end of his head. Well, how shall he judge? He says, with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity. So, the right judgment tool for every believer is righteousness. So he shall not judge with the sight of his eyes, but the, what will he judge with is righteousness. But to get righteousness is not beans. To get righteousness, you need lot of spirit. We know righteousness is what is right to God, but we don't know what is right to God, and you can't assume it. You need access to the spirit to reveal it, right? Because we hear, right, that the letter came of the spirit give it life, right? And then we are also seeing concerning righteousness in the book of Romans, yes, Romans chapter 1, saying that Paul telling us, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So there's a way to get righteousness. It is by the gospel. This is why we need to hear more of the word of God. By the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed. I'm not saying gospel. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about the gospel of Christ being preached. Right? That's it. But there's a way the gospel brings righteousness to you. It's by the spirit. The Holy Ghost that we know that has freedom, can correct on, 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 on clothes and other things, can also come and begin to open up the world of fear to you. The world of the spirit of the Lord, which will make you of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. It can open that word to you. And that word is a journey also. Wisdom, counsel, might, eh? understanding. Fear of the Lord. Fear is love, right? If you love God, you want to prioritize God like we're saying. Right? If you fear God, you will want to make the right decision. You know, somebody can say they fear God, but go and do anything and say, I don't care. This thing, I'll just go and do it first. The one I do it, then maybe I'll take what God... See, this one, I don't even care what God thinks. Fear is missing the way. Fear is missing the heart. That's such a heart should have reverence to God. They want to make a decision. There should be fear that ah, let me not do the wrong thing. There should be fear. Why? Because if you go ahead and do that one, ah, Satan is rejoicing no? because you've just, you just prospered his kingdom. There's, there's, there, is, there, is only, there's a reference the heart should have towards the things of God. So if you are going to live righteously, like we are saying, it's a judge with righteousness. That's the right rule for judgment. Righteousness is not come by easily. You have to learn the spirits. To get righteousness, you have to learn the spirit. You must be used to the spirits. You must, the spirit should not be something too far from you. You should not go by all day. Half of it is you. The rest is spirit. And I can tell you that won't happen. 
earth is not going to be spirit if you don't give the things of God priority. In short, three out of four will be you. One quarter will be spirit. You know, it's like after you walk and finish and then you are tired, you're not trying to give God the one quarter, you now realize that one quarter is that divided into another four. What am I saying? It means that there's a posture. And I'm not saying that nobody, you know, when we are religious, I'm not saying, ah, yes, all of my time I've just been, you know, praying and praying and praying. That's what we are saying. I'm talking about you as a believer. There should be a right frame. It's just more like some kind of seriousness in every believer, right? About being serious concerning spiritual things. And, you know, I guess we, 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 we can't blame everybody too. We, we as Christians, generally, we have, we have made it light. To be spiritual and you know, the inheritance that we have, we've made it light. Why? Because we can trade it for money and all those kind of things. Why? Because when we serve God, we think God is, is clapping for us so that we can have money and all those kind of things. We are the one that made it very, very, very not, not important. The word of the Spirit is very important and it's essential. Righteousness can be gained. Righteousness is as a result of deposit of spirit. Jesus can judge with righteousness because we see that. He worked strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and grace was resting upon him. So what we need today, what every soul needs, is a deposit of spirit for to come into some level of knowing righteousness. You may not even know righteousness. You may not, you may not be, you know, you may, you may, what, 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 maybe what is just needed in some hearts today is just that desire to move into the spirit. Because... God did not give that spirit for you not to enjoy it. If you have not taken of the spirit and you are high in the spirit, ah, you've not, you've not started your journey. Taste God's high first. See how it is to be high in the spirit. We should fall in love with the spirit. And this thing is not just for new believers alone. What I'm saying, you could be like, oh, maybe it's, ah, it's all of us. What we need to drink in the spirit, we don't know. We don't know. Or we know, I mean, there's a sense what. You won't discover them if you don't venture into that world, right? So, let's give the spirit room, right? We need to pray for the spirit to, to come into an abundant supply of the spirit of God. That there will be heavy activity of the spirit upon souls. Our heart, our soul, to move up, to journey upward. I think I can't remember the other day I said, I said the spirit is the wing you need to fly high. Anybody that does not have the spirit can't journey far when developing upward, when arising. Your wings of arising is the spirit. If you don't have those wings, forget it. Even God, they had to bear Israel on eagle's wings. God bared Israel on his wings, on eagle's wings. When he took them out of Israel, it was, I think it's, that is in Exodus 19. He bared them on his wings. I mean, you need, something need to, you can't, see that journey, spiritual, spiritual journey is not, you can't journey it alone. Somebody needs to carry you. And that's the spirit of God. So we need to give room more to the spirit. Deposit of spirit. So that we can have when we have deposit and somehow enter into righteousness, we can have a right sense of judgment. It's also for newborn babies. Maybe they don't, they've not even got to that righteous area yet. Just think about being filled, being enjoying spirit, moving more into the spirit. Things will follow later. Line upon line, precept upon precept. 
I believe that the Lord is going to bless us with his spirit. Can we begin to pray this morning for more adventures in the spirit? For supply of the spirit of God. Can we pray for supply of God's spirit? For more feeling, more feeling, more feeling, more feeling, more feeling, more feeling. Oh, as we have been feeling, we will be feeling that there will be supply more, more of the Spirit of God. They will come under an atmosphere, under a season, under a cloud of the Spirit. Rain, we will come under the rain of the Spirit. The Spirit will rain on us. Will rain on us. Will come into the activity of the Spirit. Even the seven spirit of God, Pahose Kiliata Mast, Hende Kariata, Zendemiata Koviata Kazetemus, Eprazeta Vedemoshita Kai, Eleto Zemekariato Varikavina, Elizoma, Elizoma, Deposit of your spirit, more, more spirit, more spirit, more spirit. For to live righteously, to live. To live well. To make judgment. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for today. For the supply of your spirit, for your word. And we want for to bless us. I don't for the impartation of your spirit. We know that you've imparted spirit into us in a measure today. We ask, Father, that the increase of this impartation would come upon every heart hearing your, your word today in the name of Jesus. For everyone desiring even to move more into the spirit, we ask Father that you would bear them on your wings. You will supply your spirit for to move them even more into the adventures of the spirit. That as you parted the sea for Israel, you will part the sea for them to move into adventures in the spirit. Even for us, Lord, wherever we are at, we know we, know we need more parting. Then you part the way for us to move more into your things in the spirit. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. Fahas, Sakim, and I, thank you for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. You dwells between the cherubims and forth. You dwells between the cherubims and forth.